Navigating romantic relationships can be challenging for anyone, but for individuals with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, these challenges can be tough to overcome. A recent study published in the Journal of Abnormal Psychology sheds light on how ADHD symptoms can impact romantic relationship functioning, and it highlights the emotional toll that these challenges can take. The study by Michelle F. Sherman, Lisa M. Diamond, and Brooke S. Wieringer, I don't know how to say that name, uh, surveyed 136 adults to examine the association between ADHD symptoms and relationship satisfaction. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder is a neurodevelopmental disorder that can cause people to have difficulty paying attention, controlling impulsive behaviors, and staying organized. ADHD can impact all areas of a person's life, including their relationships. To learn about this fascinating study, how ADHD might affect your romantic relationships, and what can be done to remedy a rocky romance on the count of ADHD, you're going to want to stay tuned. Hello fellow Divergents, and welcome to another episode of Attention Please, the best podcast about everything ADHD, and I am your host, as always, DC. Thanks for tuning in. I'm surprised at the attention this show is getting on Spotify. I don't advertise the show on social media yet, so I'm astonished anyone can even find me. But I'm equally surprised of those who managed to find me and are still listening. So I want to thank you very much. I'm not to say that I don't think the show is good, but (laughs) it's just a little strange to have people listening. This week, I will be discussing a topic that is very popular in the ADHD realm, and I should be debuting it on Valentine's Day, but here we are anyway. Today's episode is about neurodivergence and how it can affect your romantic relationship. Before that, if you like this show and you want me to keep doing what I'm doing here, remember to rate the show five stars, subscribe, and share the pod with your friends on social media. It doesn't seem like much, but it really helps out the podcast tremendously. You know you're going to be on your phone all day anyway, so why not go to the Attention Please Spotify page, hit the five-star rating real quick, and as that happens and as the show grows, I'm going to continue to come up with new ideas for episodes, maybe increase the frequency or the length of these episodes. I'm also like coming up with some ideas for giveaways and other ways to engage with you guys, so that all happens much faster if... The listeners, you, make sure you let people know that you love the show. And one more thing, today's Spotify poll question. I'm going to try to start doing this thing every episode where I ask two questions for every episode that you can engage with uh, or engage in upon on the uh, Spotify uh, inside the episode where you can just essentially, um, the first thing is a poll where you can answer yes or no, or maybe there's other multiple choice questions. And then at the end of the show, I'll be doing a question about the overall episode where you can comment and actually provide your own unique input and commentary. So anyway, on to today's Spotify poll question. Has this show taught you anything that you didn't know about ADHD that has helped you better manage your symptoms? It's a simple yes or no question, and you'll see it at the kind of in the show notes area of this episode in Spotify. And though this question will only be visible to the listeners on Spotify, if you'd like to participate, you can reach me on the contact page of AbundantADHD.com, that is A-B-N-D-T-A-D-H-D.com, or you can send your responses to info at A-B-N-D-T-A-D-H-D.com. Okay, let's get into today's topic, how ADHD affects your relationship.
In a study about ADHD in romantic relationships, participants completed a series of self-report measures that assessed ADHD symptoms, relationship satisfaction, and specific areas of relationship functioning, such as communication, intimacy, and emotional support. The study's results paint a complex and nuanced picture of the challenges faced by individuals with ADHD in romantic relationships. As if ADHD isn't hard enough already, yes, there is some significant differences in the amount of stress and difficulty that is present in a relationship just based off of having attention deficit disorder or any type of neurodivergence. So while some participants reported positive aspects of their relationships, such as emotional closeness and shared interests, many reported experiencing significant difficulties related to their ADHD symptoms. There was a few different themes that were wrangled together out of this whole study with the data that they came up with. One theme from the study was the impact of ADHD symptoms on communication inside of relationships. Participants with ADHD, for example, reported struggling to stay focused during conversations, being easily distracted, and having trouble following the flow of a conversation. And this made it difficult for them to engage in meaningful dialogue with their partners, leading to frustration, isolation, and disconnection. Have you ever been talking to your partner or anyone and it felt like you're just being drained of your energy as the words entered your ears? Like, do you sometimes feel kind of weak or tired? Like it, you have to exert all your willpower to stop from slumping over physically as someone's talking to you? I don't know if that's just me or if that's a... And if it's nobody else, then just ignore I said any of that. But uh, I get that sometimes. And when I read that part of the study, I remember watching the scene from this Wayans Brothers movie, White Chicks. Um, in hindsight, I can't understand why that movie isn't a, at least a little offensive to white people. As a black man living in 2023, I'm much more uncomfortable watching two grown men wear white faces. But it, that's besides the point. Uh, there's a scene in that movie where Marlon Wayans, a detective, he has relationship problems. They, I, it's actually an ongoing theme of the movie, but in this particular scene, you know, it's setting up the, the whole stereotypical thing, like you work all the time and you're never home. We don't get to be close and talk and whatever. So his girlfriend's fighting for his attention after this long day on the job. And they try to have this intimate heart to heart. He promises like, you know what? I don't got to talk later. I'm here right now. Come on, like, let's go. He sits down in this, in this chair. As she's talking to him, he immediately starts falling asleep as soon as she starts talking, like repeatedly does so. She yells at him and wakes him up and he's like, hey, are you asleep? And he's like, no, nods off again, starts to drool even. Kind of what I feel like sometimes. That was uh, a common theme apparently. Another emerging theme uh, was the impact of ADHD symptoms on emotional support within relationships. Participants with ADHD reported struggling to provide emotional support to their partners, particularly during stress or conflict. They also reported feeling unsupported by their partners and struggling to communicate their emotional needs effectively. I'm ashamed to say that this also can be a struggle for me in a relationship. Part of neurodivergence is an inability to feel certain sensations or emotions fully like neurotypical people do, at least not from the same stimuli. I'll explain a little bit. Like ADHD, the way it affects your brain chemistry, feelings like that you get from dopamine, which is a, a neurochemical that determines how motivated you feel to do things, um, knowing that the outcome is going to be good. Like, you know, when you have a hard day ahead of you and um, at the end of the day, though, you're going to get paid or at the end of the day, you're going to have a house built or something like that. Dopamine will kick in then and say, all right, let's do this. And then you do it. You feel this surge of motivation, depending on how much dopamine you're able to 
generate in your neural synapses and how well you can reuptake it. Same thing with serotonin. If you have a deficiency or, or I guess an inability to produce these chemicals in the same ways, then there's hardly a drive to do them. You can be a little emotionally withdrawn, I guess is, is a word. Serotonin acts as a reward, working upon the drive from dopamine to accomplish tasks. So if you don't have those chemicals readily available in a neurotypical way, it's going to be difficult. Being attentive and caring in a relationship is just as much as a chemical thing as it is a physical thing. It's not just hugs and, and, and holding people. And it's not just words and telling them they're okay. It's also this chemical thing. So when you walk around with a lower baseline to feel excited or motivated, it makes sense that people with ADHD have difficulty maintaining close relationships that are chemically driven. There's just little to no neurochemical incentive. And then there's not much of a reward for doing the work afterwards either. So uh, another theme and the final theme I'm, I'm going to talk about that emerged was the impact of ADHD symptoms on intimacy within relationships. Participants with ADHD reported struggling to engage in physical intimacy, such as sex, due to difficulties with focus and impulsivity. They also admitted to struggling to maintain emotional intimacy and sometimes feel disconnected or distracted during intimate moments with their partners. Like, hey, babe, that's a beautiful sunset look. And it's just like, oh, what? I was watching that seagull over there try to get that French fry out of that Burger King bag. <laughs> like, you know, I can see where some people battling neurodivergence may be too in their heads to be present enough to engage in physical intimacy as well, not just share moments, you know, that's, you know, you're thinking about things, you're stressed, you're work, you got a, re a report due, you keep repeating some stupid crap that somebody said to you at work earlier, I, I don't know. But people tend to hyper fixate on these types of things at strange times when they struggle with neurodivergence. But then the, there's the other side of the spectrum where someone with ADHD could be hypersexual in a relationship, meaning they they use sex almost as a way to stimulate the chemical that comes about from arousal, you know, compared to using drugs or something. You know, sex can be a way for someone with attention disorders to feel alive, but not be lovingly engaged at the same time and attentive to their partner. This could also lead to obvious problems like infidelity and risky behaviors. So the themes that I mentioned, they highlight the emotional toll that ADHD can take on individuals in their relationships. Participants with ADHD reported feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, and misunderstood by their partners and struggled to find effective strategies for managing their symptoms within their relationship. Despite these challenges, however, many participants also reported feeling resilient and determined in their relationships. They expressed a desire to work through their difficulties with their partners and find ways to support one another throughout the journey of their relationship. Overall, the study provides valuable insights to the impact of ADHD on romantic relationships and underscores the need for targeted interventions and support for individuals with ADHD and their partners. By focusing on the emotional and relational experiences of individuals with neurodivergence, the study highlights the disorder's complex and multifaceted nature and the importance of empathy, understanding, and support in navigating relationships with ADHD. Based on the summary of that study, there's several telltale signs and crucial landmarks that you need to pay extra close attention to, or otherwise your relationship could be negatively impacted. So some of the most common challenges to look for are communication challenges. People with ADHD struggle to communicate their thoughts and feelings. We know that. 
and we may also have trouble listening and understanding other people's points of view. Organization can be a place where things fall apart. Neurodivergent people have difficulty staying organized. This can make keeping track of appointments, bills, and other vital things very challenging, and it makes it hard to keep a clean and tidy home as well. Impulsivity. Sometimes neurodivergent people act impulsively without thinking things through, and this can lead us to making quick decisions that are marks of regret later, and it can also lead to people saying or doing something that hurts the people we love. Distractibility. Neurodivergents are easily distracted, and this can make focusing on conversations, tasks, and or activities difficult and lead to us forgetting things or missing essential details. Emotional dysregulation. We have trouble regulating our emotions sometimes, and this can lead to overreacting to situations or becoming easily frustrated or angry. So how can you manage ADHD in a relationship? What do you do? What do you do if you're... What do you, what do you do if you're like, this is me, this sounds exactly like me? I'm not sure because I'm not a doctor, but I can give you some tips from credible sources. So if you have ADHD, there's several things that you can do to manage the disorder and improve your relationships. Some of the most helpful tips would include getting treatment. If you've not been diagnosed with ADHD and all this stuff that I described sounds like you, it's essential to get a diagnosis from a mental health professional. And once you're diagnosed, you can start getting treatment. That includes medication, therapy, or a combination of these things. The next thing is be open and be honest with your partner. Honesty. It's essential to be that way with your partner about everything, but especially your ADHD. This can help them understand your challenges and how they can be supportive for you. This kind of runs side by side, but it's separate. Communication. You got to communicate clearly. And really what this means, not, hey, what do you want to have for dinner? Chicken? Good. No, it's it's with your thoughts and your feelings. It's vital to practice clear and concise communication with your partner. If that means sitting back to back, I know that it helps sometimes for couples to not look at each other when they're talking or to write letters or something like that. Whatever you have to do, really think about what it is you feel and what you want to say and say it. But take your time to write things down and think about it even when you're not engaged in a conversation. Think about some things to say for later. Writing things down it never fails. Get organized. Try to find strategies to help you stay organized, such as using a planner, setting reminders, calendars, using that type of stuff, creating systems to track crucial tasks. I use a uh, little weekly uh, chore chart thing on the refrigerator. I've been lacking on it lately, no lie, but it definitely helped me a lot. Avoid distractions is another one. We all know that people with ADHD can be easily distracted. We're definitely easy prey to it. So finding ways to avoid distractions is very helpful. You got to out of sight, out of mind. So turn off your phone, work in a quiet place, set times for specific tasks. It like Those are all essential things you can do to start making improvements right away. Practice emotional regulation. Because we're prone to have trouble in this area with our emotions, it's essential to learn how to manage your feelings health in a healthy way. This involves identifying your triggers, knowing what it is that sets you off. And when next time you feel a little weird, anxious, angry or whatever, ask yourself, what happened today? Again, writing things down. I know I don't like to talk about writing things down so much because it's, for me, that's a triggering thing. It's like, I don't want to write stuff. No, that sounds awful, but you got to do it. Um, or find some way that you can notice, like learn yourself. It sounds easy. Like, of course I know myself, but... <laughs> It's a lot harder than you think. Sometimes you just cannot see the forest for the trees. Honestly, look for your patterns and your habits. Moving on, you got to practice emotional relaxation techniques as well. Take 
nice deep breaths, um, breathe into your belly, count to 10, play some video games, go for a walk. Walking is a great way to bilaterally stimulate. If you listen to the EMDR episode, you'll learn a little bit about what bilateral stimulation is and how it can help you kind of take stress off your mind. There's a whole lot of science to it. You should check out that episode. I don't know what episode it is offhand, but you can, there's only what, this is 26. So there's only a few to scroll through. Just look up for EMDR, meditation, yoga, working out, exercising. It's all, those are all great ways to relax and increase healthy chemicals in your brain. And also, of course, seek professional help. Couples therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, EMDR therapy. There's so many different things you can do. Maybe I'll do an episode about all this therapy stuff. But for now, this episode is about to come to an end. So ADHD can be challenging, but having healthy and fulfilling relationships is not impossible when you have neurodivergence. Following the tips above, you can improve your communication, organization, and emotional regulation skills, which will help you build stronger relationships with your loved ones. So before we finish this episode, time for today's Spotify thread question relating to today's topic. The question is, do you feel that ADHD has affected your ability to maintain healthy relationships? And if so, what do you struggle with the most? All right. So I hope you enjoyed this one. Remember to like and subscribe to the show if you still need to. Don't forget to share on social media. I'm trying. To, I'm still trying to stabilize. I know this is coming out on a Tuesday evening. Um, most likely, I'm trying to get back to Mondays. I don't want this to be a Tuesday show. I think Mondays are important because everybody's going to work. You need that little bit of familiarity, that boost. And I want to be there with you on your morning commutes and while you're at your desk not working because that's one of my favorite things to do is listen to a podcast and not work. I'm not responsible if you get fired, by the way. Don't don't even, you know, don't mention DC. I didn't do anything. I didn't make you do that anyway. Uh, but I would I would like to get back to the longer episodes, get more zone out time. Um, but that can only happen with your support. I don't want your money, just your ears, subscriptions, and those sweet sweet five star ratings. Mm. All right, folks. I'll catch you on the next one. Much love, DC out.